to another episode of Horror Cats and Witch Hats. It's Katie and Izzy back at it, and you're going to hear me bitching a fucking lot tonight. Or, well, this 30-minute episode that we've got. It's going to be short because it's just going to be me bitching, let's be honest. Uh, I'm hoping we have about 20 minutes of content and then 10 minutes of Katie's opinion. <laughs> so it's going to be switched. It's going to be 20 minutes of Katie's opinion and then fucking 10 minutes of context. Cool. So I'll just read it all really fast, and then you pick it up from there. (laughs) So our episode today is a 30 minutes of Halloween Ends, which just came out in 2022. We decided Mm -hmm. to keep it to 30 minutes, not because it's not our favorite movie, but because we've kind of done the Halloween thing, and there's not a whole lot to add. So this is just this is just ending it. This is literally just ending it. We're done after this. I don't think that yeah, no there's, more after this. There's no new information. So um if you want to hear more about Halloween, go back and check out our other episodes where we go in like deep dives. But for now, Halloween ends. This is the thirteenth Halloween franchise film. Which did is like kind of a sweet number to end on. I'm just saying. Oh oh totally. Uh, did you know that the uh, the opening sequence has thirteen pumpkins to give tribute to being the thirteenth film? I did not. That's yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. There's so all of the like changing and rotting pumpkins and like the changing faces and stuff. It's all different pumpkins to create thirteen little tribute kind of thing. They did some cool uh, tribute type things in this one, kind of like they did with Scream, where they tried to do like tiny little nods to the other Scream films. Should, um, should I start? Should I have started the timer already? No. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> start it now. <laughs> it's, it's starting. Okay. Right. And we have 30 okay, minutes. 30 minutes. So, My phone's going to go off. This is streaming only on Peacock, as far as I can tell. Oops. My cat just knocked something over. Sorry. Good. Uh, also on peacock is violent night so go watch that i've heard it's good haven't seen it yet we're probably not going to do an episode on it until the end of this year because i'm done with the holidays but yeah yeah uh it's directed by david gordon green uh he based his characters uh, like based on the characters created by john carpenter and deborah hill that we talked about forever ago uh this was written by paul brad logan chris uh bernier 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 Apparently, that's his name. Danny McBride. Danny McBride, which always shocked me, but I think that's really cool. And then David Gordon Green. Are we calling him Doctor David this time, or Doctor Green? Oh, Doctor Green. That's a that's a doctor at ER. Anyways, that doesn't. He's also Rachel's dad in Friends. That's uh, the sure. kind of people you're friend. chilling with. <laughs> Anyways, returning cast, Jamie Lee Curtis is Laurie Strode, of course. Andy uh, Matichok, which makes me think of the Pokemon. It's like Machoke, right? Um, that's her granddaughter, Allison. Will Patton is Officer Frank Hawkins. Surprise, surprise, if you didn't know already, he did survive the end of the last film. And James Jude Courtney as The Shape, which I like that they went back to calling it The Shape instead of michael myers in the credits yeah but i still have peeves about this shit for you know throwbacks to this but then they're gonna fuck everything up over here i'm sorry we'll get to it uh <laughs> so uh did you want to do that part or uh, i mean it all just kind of 
Here. Okay. So uh, I initially intended to just read the synopsis off the HalloweenMovie.com website because I was like, oh, 30-minute episode. But then, you know, I started doing notes and I was like, I can't just do that. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I did want to mention is that the Halloween Ends website does have a game on it. <laughs> and it's... Uh, like a you're Laurie Strode and you're running away from Michael Myers and you have to like dodge stuff. It's like a arrow left right kind of game. The highest scoring time is 16 minutes and 10 seconds. And I was like, who has the time to sit there for 16 minutes? Not me. That's who. No, I don't. Either. But good for you if it was you and somebody should go beat it. And then put oh, the uh, HC. No wait. What the hell is our thing? Horror cat H C W H for no wait. Yeah. H C W H for your uh, initials. Horror or something dirty, because that would be funny. Yeah, that one. Whatever she said. My God, why was that so hard? We're really good at this. <laughs> Anyways, it so, kick, kicks yeah. off with the radio, uh kind of doing like a quick little flashback of everything that happened in the last film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it picks up immediately. Remember, these like three films are like one fucking night. No, well, not this last one, but it picks up. Yeah. Within night. Sorry. What I like is it kind of did what Halloween. I think it's Halloween two did, where they it also has oh. like a radio person. Is it two or three? I think it's three. Like no, the original. Yeah, the originals. It's not three because three doesn't have. Which one has Judd in it? I don't know. Whatever one has Judd in it, they uh, have the radio people doing it. <laughs> and uh, the, I feel like this is kind of a throwback to that, which was cool because it also yeah. opens the same way. But anyway, it's WURG 94.9 Henfield's number one station for rock with Willie the Kid. And he provides a little reminder about how Halloween Kills ended and the current state of affairs in Haddonfield, followed by a fun little ditty called Midnight Monster Hop by Jack and Jim, which came out in 1959. He's an asshole. <laughs> in the movie, you find out he's a dick. But... uh. So the events of Halloween Kills ended with Myers kind of going ham on the town uh, when they circled him and surviving after it was like a, a, a circle beating of him in the street. But then he comes back and kills everybody. And then he kills Laurie Strode's daughter, which I still don't understand why she was in the house. But because uh, she was looking because she was getting the sight of Michael Myers. I. Yeah, they played really heavy into the only reason he comes back is for that house. Yeah. So. So the movie starts off with the story in 1999, one year after the events of Halloween Kills. Um, it's on Halloween night, and the poor town of Haddonfield is still afraid and just trying to move on. There's this kid named Corey Cunningham, and he's a high school student who was hired to babysit uh, in this huge house, like massive fucking house. Uh, and this little kid's a fucking shithead. Okay, hold on. I'm going to freeze you for just a second. It's Halloween, the curse of Michael Myers, and it's Paul Red, not Judd. That's. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay, okay. Now I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. I had that a, makes I had a derp a derp moment. Because that's the I one, like, right, where Halloween is canceled what? and they have, like, he calls into the radio. That's that one, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's a throwback to that one, as far as I'm concerned. Continue. 
clarification made. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, Rowan Campbell uh, is the one that plays uh, Corey Cunningham. And besides this film, uh, his biggest break was probably Frank and the Hardy Boys, like the, the TV show. Uh, otherwise, uh, there was nothing else that I recognized of him. But while he's uh, while he's babysitting this little kid, they're ending. They're they're watching this. Uh... Take a breath. <sighs> yeah, man. Holy shit! It's been a day. Uh, so while he's while he's babysitting this kid, they're watching a movie because they're always watching movies when they babysit, right? Um, and at, of course, this is kind of a throwback to what Rob Zombie did. Which is a throwback to the original, where Laurie Strode and friend is watching the original, uh, The Thing, which is based yeah. off the same story. It's The Thing from Outer Space, which is based off the same story that John Carpenter later does The Thing of. Yeah. If that made any sense. So the kids, <laughs> so the kid ends up, uh, like, locking him in the attic. It's like the, the, the closet up to the attic kind of thing um but he does it as a joke and originally he was kind of like scaring him so this is kind of like a the boy who cried wolf not not the boy who cried wolf but you know this kid was on edge um so cory kicks open the door which slams into the kid and because uh, he's right on the other side of the door and the little boy goes fucking flying over the the railing and this story's or this house is huge it's what three, four floors that they're up, or something like that? He's a. It's three stories, and so obviously he falls to his death right as his parents, while right as the kid's parents walk through the door. So uh, the death gets ruled as an accident, but Corey is labeled the murderer and is now the town's new like punching bag. Oh, poor uh, Corey! Yeah, so he's he's ostracized for this, and he's prom his his promise he's. Seen my god i cannot speak today i'm so over this <laughs> even this morning like i was stumbling off over everything um but you know it's it kind of destroys or derails his promising future and it leaves him just the target of being bullied and picked on and and tormented for a year so fast forward it's now 2022 four years after the events of halloween kills 44 years after the original Halloween, and Laurie Strode is now 60 years old in this film. I don't know how well Jamie Lee Curtis is in real life. I didn't look. She's beautiful. Who cares? But she's uh, phenomenal. She she's ageless. I feel. Uh, which I believe this is also three years after the events of Corey accidentally killing the kid. So Laurie. Sixty-four, by the way. Sixty-four. Got gotcha. you wild that's wild okay anyways Lori has moved in with her granddaughter allison um she got a new haircut and mm -hmm. is writing a book trying to move on with her life her book is titled stalker saviors and samhain a memoir by Lori strode there's sawin sawin i'm sorry you write uh there's a scene in this grocery store where laurie has this like beautifully awkward flirting session with officer hawkins mm -hmm. and she walks out so happy and she's like finally getting her life to a bit of normalcy because she has never had a normal life since she was like 17 or 18. Yeah. And then she gets berated by this woman in the parking lot who blames her for Myers going around killing people. Mm -hmm. And it just, it hurt my heart because poor Lori, she's like, 
trying to it's be normal. It's not her fault. It's not her fucking fault. It's not her fault. And also the town is healing, but she like takes on that whole burden of yeah. the town. And it's so sad. But that part just like hurt my heart. No, but I feel that. And then uh, while Lori is in a good place, the place that she's in is like still falling apart, which it just like in that Paul Rudd film, they like have canceled Halloween. They're still recovering. They're like a mess. Mm -hmm. So it picks up that same like idea minus yeah. the weird rune stuff. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it turns out having a masked maniac periodically slaughter the town has made the townspeople of Haddonfield a little cold. Go figure. Which is weird because they still bully people who could be potential murderers and you'd think they wouldn't do that because they would be afraid that they would go on a murdering rampage. But that's you would think. neither here nor there. And you would think. <laughs> in an article with Entertainment Green, I'm sorry, in an article with Entertainment, Dr. Green said, if we were <laughs> stepping away from Haddonfield for four years... I wanted to see that the town had kind of decomposed to a large degree due to the violence that Michael Myers had brought. He calls the film a study of the contagiousness of these negative entities that are in our lives. If they go unchecked, then they spread. And if we can wrap our head around them and be our own hero, then maybe we've got a fighting chance. Uh, and that isn't the first time that this film will give me strong scream vibes because I feel like all of that is very on scream theme where it's mm -hmm. like one murder change the whole town and like continues to affect it later yep and it always goes back <laughs> yeah and it always goes back to the original murders and it's always up to them to like hoist themselves up and the, there's women writing books to get over it and there's people picking up the new mask to try and be murderers it's just there's a whole scream vibe going on but anyways, Lori has a chance encounter with Corey, which ends in him and Allison, her granddaughter, falling for each other fast and real hard. Corey gets pushed off a bridge by some bullies right outside Michael Myers' hiding place, which happens to be like rain gutters, basically. Yeah. And it turns out he had been hiding in the sewers for four years, and Michael recognized a murderous soul in Corey, lets him go. And isn't there another Halloween film where he's like hiding in the sewers? There is. Uh, I don't know which one. Uh, but turns out he, never mind, read that already. Michael becomes Corey's murder mentor, and the two bond over killing people horrifically. Because that's what that, everyone needs a murder problem. mentor. This is, that's, that's one of my biggest fucking problems of this movie is that situation. So that made me think of, I'm going to say the second film. All of these are the second film in my head. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Whichever one where the they assume it's three, I think it's Halloween three, actually, where he touched Rachel, the little girl, and then the next film she turns into some mass murderer and everyone was like, it's a disease or he passed that's, it through the touching. That's number four, because number three has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Killed it. That's why you're here. So <laughs> that's where I think that kind of reminded me of is like he touched Corey and he was like you know what you could be a great murderer and like quote unquote passed on his murderness which isn't what they were going for because Corey obviously was struggling to begin with but like it had that Dude, kind of like, vibe to it I, I feel like it was a straight like ghost rider look into my eyes situation it was a thought. weird 
bonding moment. It's that test where you like stare into each other's eyes for two minutes and you're like bound to fall in love. Maybe that's what it was. He just looked into his eyes for a little too long and they fell in love. I don't know. Have you heard of that? No. I think you're supposed to ask each other questions while you do it. I mean, yeah, I I have heard of that, but like... It's like a whole thing. But anyways, uh, what is really weird is they made it look like Michael had like a genuine interest in in like building a kinship with Corey right up until he gets his ass beat by Corey who steals his mask before going on his own murder spree about tune. Mm-hmm. And then Corey's spree ends by stabbing himself in the neck in Laurie Strode's house after making a love declaration that if he can't have Allison, no one will. And Allison thinks Corey is completely innocent and that Laurie killed him and so she runs off. And then at that point, Michael Myers shows up to take his mask back. He kills the how, I don't know how, still alive Corey. Mm -hmm. Then has his final showdown with Lori. Corey and Lori, it rhymes. I know, this is, it's it's getting a little confusing sometimes. So toot. But. (laughs) And then Allison comes back in the nick of time, helps Lori complete the final blow to Michael right as the cops show up. After which, he gets strapped to the hood of Lori's car like a Christmas tree. Uh, They do some big police escort through the town. And there's this big ceremonial walk where the whole town is, like, following this escort. And they go to the junkyard where he gets past, like, surfer, crowd surfer style, and tossed into a giant metal chipper thing. It's Um, it's It's a metal grinder. There you go. And his body is disposed of that way. And the town is just like, I'm so fucking done with your shit. No one cares how this ends. We just want it to end. It was literally like them being like, we're fucking done with you. Like wiping their hands from him and making sure that he's actually dead and can't come back in a certain way. And they definitely made it so that this is meant to be the last Michael Myers Halloween film. Yes. So the only way they will. Yep. The only way they'll be able to do it is if they reboot with totally new Myers or do like a scream thing where other people pick up the mask, which I think is a bad idea because that's already a scream thing. So and that's where I'm going to start my fucking qualm for a fucking minute. Okay. So originally when we were going through all the Halloweens, right, we discovered, and I already knew this forever, that the reason that John Carpenter called Michael Myers the thing or the shape instead of like actually like giving him a title in the movie and stuff like that is because he even said that he did not want people to identify with Michael Myers and be able to like uh compare themselves and, start, and and like be like oh yeah no I'm I'm just like you you know they he didn't want that and so all of a sudden they're taking this movie and they're like you are me and I can I can teach you how to kill kind of situations and so they did exactly what Mike or what John Carpenter didn't want them to do, which was relate a person to him. Actually, I think they did the most John Carpenter thing they could have, because one of the things that John Carpenter said is that one of the reasons he calls it the shape is because he's supposed to be like just pure evil. And like you said, more evil than a person can be. So Mm -hmm. in this film, they took the shape and then they had someone try to relate to him and failed. He could not meet those standards which is why he gets killed and the og myers continues on but part of the underlying storyline of this whole thing is Lori's book and she's like 
talking through her book as she goes. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines that she says is that, um, I don't know if I wrote it down or not, but she does say something along the lines of like, Michael Myers is pure evil and evil never goes away. It just changes its shape or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Myers is like the epitome of evil, just like John Carpenter wanted him to be. But other people will take that and transform it into their own version of evil, which is what Corey tried to do in his own weird love story way. Um, which is also like another scream thing where it just like continues to transform to meet other people's narratives. Yeah. But so I do agree that I did not particularly like the Corey thing. Not my favorite no. storyline that they could have done. Um, but I do think they tried to stay true to John Carpenter's original idea of the shape. So my other qualm with this hit me with it. Dude, Michael doesn't kill shit. He barely kills anybody. Every death, almost every death in this movie is Corey. And that drives me nuts. It's not a Halloween movie if it's not Michael Myers doing the shit. That was part of the like evil just transforms mentality they were going for. But he does have the most screen time in this film than he did, mm -hmm. I think, in like the original film. I don't know if it was overall or just compared to the original film. But um, I did read an article that was saying, like, even though he has more time in this film than he did in the original film, that doesn't mean it was better. <laughs> because in the original film, he had more of a presence. Um, yeah. yeah, he was like this weird, just like side story in this film. And I yeah, I, feel, I, I wanted to see Myers. Um, it was weird. Yeah, the like weird kinship thing threw me off. I yeah, I... It threw the whole movie for me, and I just, it was so predictable, and I knew it was coming, and I, I, I had high, I didn't have high hopes, let's be honest, let's remember, when we went into this, I did not have high hopes for this movie. I think there might have been a way to include this weird Corey sideline thing, where it was Michael Myers that was in charge of it, and controlling it, and not Corey. I think that's what throws me the most. Is that Corey was controlling that relationship, and that's how he was able to like get the jump on him. Um, and I think I wanted Myers to be in control of it and yeah. be like, "No, no, listen here, you're just like my pawn." That I would have loved to see, where he just like shut him sure. down entirely, and then went sure. on his own murderous rampage. <laughs> like, no, I totally agree. That like, would have been okay. cool. That would have been a Halloween that I would fucking <laughs> think. But like, be this is so centered on Corey. I don't feel like it's a Halloween movie. I feel like it's. It's a based off Halloween movie, well, you know? They're supposed to be centered on Laurie Strode and her her journey. Um, it doesn't feel like that, though. But it was a lot of buildup in the past two movies to sh with, like, these super high, incredible kill counts to be like, look at what a force Michael Meyer is. My, the do. shape, whatever the fuck you want to call him is. Um, right. And then in this one, he's just like... He's like weak and weird in this film. I don't know. His energy is real off. It's yeah. It's it's. This is the first time where they show him as being old and vulnerable and not yeah the shape. Yeah. Right. Right. But this film is much slower than the other ones. Yeah. As far as the pace goes, 
Because even in the other ones, even though it's not like murder, 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 they're spaced out. It still felt like super intriguing because he was stalking them and like there was right, just and that's, that's what he does. So it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like the music in this film. Um, it was like some of it was just a twist off of John Carpenter's original theme. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about what I've got. <laughs> Okay, so let's go through the graveyard of Corey's kills and one of Michael's kills. <laughs> He's got a couple. Barely. <laughs> so, it starts off with Oscar's mom. Oscar was Allison's previous boyfriend that was killed by Michael Myers on the stairwell, if you remember that. Um, she is shown to having hanged herself, like, in a costume. Kind of like one of those, like, Oscar... It was like the costume that Oscar was wearing, the the uh, the Bonnie and Clyde costume. Oh yeah, that's what he was, huh? Yeah, was Clyde. yeah. He was Bonnie. They did a they did a role switch. He was oh Bonnie. yeah, there you go. At least a skirt. You did your homework. You came ready. I, I fucking remember <laughs> this shit. But uh, so she hanged her. She hung herself. Hanged, hung, hung herself. I you know like what? That. I think they're both technically correct because Tyler okay. and I have got. Never mind. I'm not going to waste our thirty minutes. Anyways, go ahead. So, uh, then. The the murderer kind of kicks off. Jeremy is the one uh, is the kid who falls over the banister and dies. There's a homeless man who gets stabbed in the stomach by Corey. Um, so that's two two kills and one accidental kill for Corey. <laughs> the creepy police officer, um, his name's Officer Mullaney. Uh, he gets his throat slit and then he gets stabbed in the chest five or six times by Michael with the assistance of Corey. Um, so one ish. It's like a half, a, a half for Michael. <laughs> it has some like weird porn vibes in that scene. Yeah, it's really weird. It's um, yeah, it's like a snuff porn film. It's kind of odd. <laughs> yeah, and so then Doctor Mathis, who Allison works for, uh, he's an asshole. He gets a bag over his head and then he's stabbed in the neck with the uh, corkscrew. That's by Corey, um, and he's wearing a scarecrow mask, which is very interesting. Um, and it's like one of those like cheesy plasticky. He was trying to find himself. <laughs> yeah, and like I, I get that like maybe that's a play on like the original like plastic clown mask that Michael had, but like it was a, it was a terrible scarecrow mask. <laughs> uh, um, then oh, the so, a that made me think of Black Christmas because he does like the plastic bag thing over his head uh-huh. over the girl's head um, yeah but also i did see something that said dr mathis is supposed to be the doctor that gets referenced in i think halloween kills where they mm-hmm. said oh the doctor we work for is really inappropriate with his co-workers and blah 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 in a random conversation in the bar which i thought was just kind of like a cool little throwback it's like oh here you go this is the asshole uh, so then the redheaded coworker of Allison, Deb, she's murdered by Michael, uh, cause she's smart enough to lock the door when Corey's outside, but she gets stabbed through the chest, uh, pinned to the wall, just, you know, like the boyfriend of the first one. So another throwback to, to the original. How long do you think Michael was just waiting in that closet <laughs> or pantry you know? or whatever he was in? Cause yeah. I was like, when did he get in there? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how long they were stalking the house before they got back from whatever they were doing. Anyways, it doesn't fucking matter. Moving on. Uh, 
So that's one and a half for Michael. One and a half. That's two. She he killed Deb. Oh, you're saying a half because I'm, I'm saying half because he did uh, all the killing of the officer. All the guy did. All Corey did was hold him. I still feel like it's a half. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Billy, one of the the bullies that has been bullying Corey, bullying Corey, he gets killed by Corey in the junkyard. Uh, he gets a drumstick through the eye. It's off screen, unfortunately, so you don't see it. But uh, Stacy, one of the other bullies, uh, she's also killed by Corey in the junkyard by being beaten with a wrench because that's just lovely. I call her bully adjacent because although she wasn't, in her mind, probably actively bullying, she was complicit in every way because <laughs> yeah. she didn't stop it or yeah help. Uh, and then Corey's dad, Ronald, is shot by one of the uh, the lead bullies when he kind of tries to step in the way to protect his son. And then, so that leads to the main bully, Terry. He gets burned to death with a flamethrower by Corey. Because <laughs> flamethrowers, man. Because why not? Uh, Margo, another bully adjacent, uh, has her head stomped on by Corey. So curb stomped there, basically. I feel like that's in all the movies now. There has to be like a curb stomp scene. Yeah. Curb stomp scene. Yeah. yeah. Say that five times fast. Curb stomp. Curb yeah, no. I've already <laughs> fucked up enough in this episode. I'm not even going to try. Um, so then Margot, which is another bully adjacent. Uh, oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. I already read Margot. That's that's the... Um, the boot stomp. Yeah. Uh, Corey's mom is then killed by Corey. He decides he's going to kill his mom because she's weird and pedophilia-ish style. Uh, Willie, the kid's assistant, is murdered by Corey. I couldn't tell and how he killed her. Does he stab her or just choke her? I couldn't tell. Or just beat her. I don't know. He's just like in the background. Yeah, you don't really see it. But um, then Willie, Willie, the kid, he has his head bashed in and then tongue cut, cut off by Corey because a, a tongue. Uh, Corey then stabs himself in the neck and he gets his neck broken by Michael. So Michael kills another person. And then... Michael has his throat slit, wrist slit, and hands. Uh, is that sashimi? Yes. Oh, sashimi? <laughs> sashimi. So he has his hands. Sashi- oh my god! You know what I mean. They get cut. Uh, it, yeah, it leads him to be to being bled out and bled to death, and then you know, then he's crowd surfed into the industrial uh, car grinder, metal grinder, and. All of Haddonfield witnesses his death, and so now he's officially dead, and they can rejoice or something. We do have to correct a death that we said was associated in Halloween Kills. The lady who gets the neon light through the eye uh, that was playing with the drone, she's not mm-hmm. dead. She did survive. Yeah, you're right. We find that out in this movie. She's yeah. the one that her sister was the one that confronted Lori after her life was trying to someone get back together. Yeah, we're so close. My timer just went off. Perfect. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. I did but... hear it. It was a chirp, chirp. chirp yeah, yeah. Chirp. Okay, cool. We are. We have like 15 more minutes of stuff to go through and we'll be done. All right. Uh, So I will go through this real quick. There are some uh, newspaper clippings on Laurie Strode's wall that mm-hmm. are kind of fun. Um, they're really blurry, so I, I'm not able to read them as well as I would like to. But one of them is dated Friday, November, I think it's 3rd, 1979. 
and it said police officer's daughter slain and that is referencing the original one oh shit pause okay that's yeah that's that's annie um and then they do have the obituaries on the wall which i wanted to be able to read so bad but they're really blurry um give me one second where did they go uh, so it has Linda Vander Kirk, I think is what it says. Um, and then it has Robert David Bob Sims, who was one of the boys, the kids. He was the one on the wall. Uh, and then it says November 1st, 1963, six-year-old kills. My goodness. My, my dogs are going crazy. Hold on. I think they're done. So it says, uh, November 1st, 1963, six-year-old kills teen sister in Halloween tragedy. Okay. And it's written by a staff writer. Just in case that was confusing. <laughs> and then pretty much all you see is it said an Illinois boy was implicated in his older sister's murder. It's all the details from the first one. Mm, okay. Uh. Yeah, it doesn't say anything new. And then there's another one that says, going in the wrong direction, Horror House of Haddonfield Condemned, childhood home of Michael Myers to be torn down. Hmm. So in that four-year hiatus they took, they did end up tearing down Michael Myers' house, hoping he would not return, which maybe is why he didn't come back. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it says, Myers' manhunt underway. Uh, written by the crime correspondent and it says a manhunt for suspected suspected he's not a suspect he murdered them <laughs> yes, michael myers continues in hanfield illinois on friday two days after 27 people were brutally killed on halloween night the suspect uh, michael yeah. myers is believed to have had the oh fled the area and is a person at large He's in possession of a knife and considered armed and very dangerous. I would say so. He, they put him as age 61, I think, is what it says. It's either 61 or 81. Hmm. Um, he's been charged with multiple counts of murder and something about Fox 6 in Chicago in 1963 at the age of six years old. Blah, blah, blah. On October 31st, 2018, he got out. And mm. that's the extent of that one. But yeah, it's... I like when they do those kind of details. As you all know. Yeah. yeah. That's the extent of it. But uh, more random movie facts that I found. Or, I'm sorry, fun Easter eggs. Halloween ends. The credits are in blue font, which is different than the traditional orange font in the other films. Mm -hmm. um, I found an article from Screen Rant that suggests that it may be a nod to Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which also used blue font. And it was the only one that didn't include Michael Myers because of the original idea of what Halloween was supposed to be. But, it, you know. I think I still have not seen that one, so... I didn't. Get I that. like it. They do. They do play homage, uh, pay homage to that in these series because they use the 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 witch, the pumpkin, and the skeleton mask that we talked about when we were doing Halloween Kills. If you say so, the kids, <laughs> the kids. Uh, 
wearing those masks. In the beginning, the dad that Corey babysits for is Mr. Allen. And he was playing Sebastian Bach's Toccata and Fugue in D minor, which has been used to represent evil in a lot of classic movies, including Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and The Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. which is just kind of cool. Uh, they do include a photo of Laurie Strode and her two friends from the first film together, which is adorable. Mm-hmm. And as mentioned earlier, Corey is watching the whole thing while, oh, I'm sorry, is watching the thing while babysitting. And uh, that, again, is a throwback to the first film where they're watching uh, The Thing from Another Planet, which is a nod within a nod. Mm-hmm. And There's a lot of nods to nods. <laughs> it's a nod to a nod that was a previous mm-hmm. nod. And Nick Castle is the odd guy at the bar when they are at the party with Allison and Corey. And he's mm-hmm. the one who, like, flashes Corey by opening his trench coat and revealing a costume. He's the guy that has been... Uh, the stunt double for The Shape since the beginning. Yeah. So, I think this is the first film where he didn't actively play Myers in some form, but he is in it, so that's cool. Yeah. And the end credits play the same song that Laurie and Annie are listening to while they drive to the Doyles and Wallace's house in the original Halloween called Blue Oyster Cult's Don't Fear the Reaper. It's a wonderful song. Rob Zombie even uses it in his remakes of, ha- of Halloween. Oh, is that so? Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that um, it might have been a quote of a quote of Quentin Tarantino that said he really liked Rob Zombie's versions or remakes or whatever. I love the first one. I absolutely love the first one. The second one, even Rob Zombie didn't want to make the second one. But like, <laughs> He it's had not a ter- John Carpenter vibes. <laughs> It, you know, it's not terrible he didn't want to make it but it was so popular that everybody wanted the second one uh and then when he made it he's like i'm fucking done i'm not doing it anymore i'm it hit like i said john carpenter vibes where he was like i don't want a second movie but if i have to um other random movie facts i'm sorry i just hit the shit out of my microphone um that i found screen rant notes that people in this franchise tend to survive like very fatal neck wounds and once they said that I realized how true that was. Um, there's mm-hmm. Officer Hansen from the first one, or the, yeah. sorry, Halloween Kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, a character named Sandra Dickerson. There is also a clip in this one. They show, like, clips from a bunch of the other movies of people getting murdered. Um, there's a clip where I think Laurie Strode gets Myers straight in the neck, too, and he still survives somehow. Uh, Laurie's neighbor... Yeah, that's the one that got stabbed with the tube light in the neck. She survives. Uh, Corey even stabs himself straight in the neck. And that's not what killed him. It's Michael Myers breaking his neck. So, like, no one dies of those, like, stabbed in the neck neck wounds, which is pretty odd. Yeah, that would, that's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Side note, I also found it weird that Allison walked in to see Corey bleeding on the ground and didn't even try to like apply pressure she was just immediately like ah fuck you and left i don't know it was weird uh yeah (laughs) there's a lot of weird things with this movie some weird choices were made you'd think everyone in this town would be like cpr certified and trauma carry like little trauma kits just because everyone gets murdered so much (laughs) everyone's a first responder exactly (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, welcome to first grade. Let's learn how to 
pick a bullet out of a wound and stop the bleeding. <laughs> Anyways. You can stir it up. Anyways, okay, yeah. Yeah. Halloween Movie Source on Twitter said that the shape appears on screen. Oh, here it is. For a total of 10 minutes and 55 seconds in this film. And his mm. screen time in the original film was only 9 minutes and 37 seconds. But was more impactful. Hmm. And the 2018 Halloween made box office records and became the franchise's highest growing, grossing, sorry, film and set a new record for the biggest opening weekend for a horror film starring a woman. I wonder if that is still... Still the case after Scream? Yeah. I didn't think about that because that's pulled off of the Halloween Ends website. So I right. guess I didn't feel like fact checking it because um, it just came out. But... I... Yeah, a lot of people are loving Jenna Ortega, and she's fucking killing it in the Scream franchise. Which Scream yeah. Six, that they... trailer looks bomb. There were so many people on the movie poster. I was like, who are all these people? Mm -hmm. Give me one second. I'm gonna fact check this. I'm gonna pause this, and then I'm gonna fact check. Okay, so I just googled it really quick. Um, let me go back to my notes. So this, so that one was specifically for the biggest opening weekend. So I'll double check that. But it said overall, uh, Halloween, the 2018 version, grossed over $255 million worldwide, is the highest grossing slasher film, breaking uh, the 1996 record set by Scream, which is cool. Hmm. And let they're me... Always, they're always fighting. Yeah. So... Uh, let me check one more thing. I'm going to pause for just a second. All right. So we looked it up. Uh, so it looks like Halloween in 2018, as of Sunday, the 20th, 21st, I think is when they cut it, was $77.5 million. Um, and which, side note, just because it says it in here, uh, the 2011 Paranormal Activity 3 made $52.5 million in its opening weekend, which blows my mind that number three made that many. <laughs> yeah, for real. But anyways, uh, Scream, the one that came out in 2022, only made $13.35 million. Oh, wait, that was on Friday. Hold up. Oh, okay, they guesstimated it would make $36 million total, and it ended up basically yes correct it uh that one made more so i just wanted to double check we'll see if the second one of this one makes of scream makes it more looks or not. really good Gen scream six looks really good like you said jenna ortega has some traction right now which will she's super popular right now oh yeah it'll help i think but anyways, um, this concludes this film. We did it in 43 minutes, so we're still two minutes under my 15-minute uh, call. And basically, if there's anything we've learned from slasher films, it's that if you're a survivor, you won't thrive until you write a book. Yes. <laughs> yep. Oh, so start writing immediately. Yep, just... Yeah. And um, our next movie is... Smile? Is that what we're doing? Sure. Cool. We're doing Smile. Cool. Uh, it's new. It's new. Why not? 
And if you have our next movie recommendation or if you would like us to do anything special or if you want to send us some cute cat photos, mm -hmm. you can uh, DM us or find us on Instagram and Facebook at horror underscore cats underscore witch hats. Or you can send us a Gmail at horrorcatswitchhats at gmail.com. And I meant I you could send us an that. email to our Gmail, but what else? <laughs> and in that note, that's your 30 meow nits. Oh, that was adorable.